Act Three of Britannicus by Jean Racine, translated by Robert Bruce Boswell, eighteen sixty four to nineteen thirty three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scene One Nero Burrus. Pallas will be obedient, sire. And how is Agrippina seen her pride confounded? Doubt not, your majesty, the blow strikes home, and soon the storm will burst in loud reproaches. Her wrath has long begun to show itself, nor can it stop at unavailing clamor. Why, what design think you she meditates? Always is Agrippina to be dreaded. Your army and all Rome revere her lineage. They'll ne'er forget Germanicus, her father. She knows her influence, you know her courage, and that which makes me dread her all the more is that her fury by yourself is fed, and that you give her arms to fight against you. I, Burrus? Yes, my lord, that love which holds you. I take your meaning, but it can't be helped. My own heart tells me more than you can say, and yet I cannot choose but love. Tis fancy, my liege and, satisfied with slight resistance, you fear an evil feeble at its birth. But if your heart, strong in the course of duty, refuse to hold a parley with its foe, if you consult the glory of your past, if you recall to your remembrance, sire, Octavia's virtues of such recompense unworthy, and her love proof against scorn, if, more than all, avoiding Genia's presence, you doom your eyes to a brief spell of absence. Trust me, howe'er this passion seems to charm you, none love, my lord, unless they wish to love. I'll trust you, Burrus, when mid war's alarms our martial glory needs your firm support, or when, in peaceful session of the Senate, the welfare of the State demands your voice, I will rely on your experience. But, in a matter that concerns my heart, tis otherwise and I should have some scruple in bringing your grave judgment to such trifles. Farewell. I'm ill at ease away from Junia. Scene 2. Burrus. Nero at last shows his true character. Burrus, that fierceness which you thought to tame is ready to break loose from your weak bonds, and, like a swollen river, spread destruction. How shall I act in this unhappy hour? Seneca's counsels may not soothe my cares. Afar from Rome, he knows not of this danger. Ah, oh, if I could but touch the mother's feeling of tenderness. She comes. Good fortune brings her. Scene 3. Agrippina, Burrus, Albina. Well, Burrus, was I wrong in my suspicions? You have impressed fine lessons on your pupil. Pallas is banished for the crime, perchance, of having raised your master to the purple. You know full well that never but for him would Claudius, whom he swayed, have fathered Nero. You foist a rival in Octavius' place, and set my son free from his nuptial oath. Fit task for one sworn foe to flatter as chosen to curb the wild career of youth, thus to turn flatterer himself, and teach how he may pour contempt on wife and mother. Madam, you have no cause yet to accuse me. This act of Caesar's may be justified. 
palace has well deserved his banishment. Meet recompense for pride too long endured. The emperor has only, with regret, fulfilled the secret wishes of his court. The evil that remains admits of cure. Octavia's tears may, at their source, be dried. But calm your rage. There is a milder method that sooner will recall him to her arms, while threats and angry words will make him wilder. Ah, you will try in vain to stop my mouth. I see my silence but provokes your scorn. My handiwork has had too much respect. All Agrippina's props fall not with Pallas. The gods have left enough to venge my ruin. The son of Claudius begins to feel his wrongs, for which not I alone am guilty. I'll show him to the army, doubt it not, complain before them of his young life blasted, and make them, like myself, repair their error. On one side shall they see an emperor's son reclaim a faith sworn to his family, and hear a daughter of Germanicus, Enobarbus's son, on the other hand with his supporters, Seneca and Burrus, by me recalled from exile both of them, who share the sovereign power before my eyes. I will take care they know our common crimes, and by what paths I have conducted him. To make his sway and yours detestable, I will avow the most injurious rumours. All shall be told, exiles, assassinations, poison itself. Madam, They'll not believe you. They'll not be caught by your deceitful wiles, but know tis pique that promotes self-accusation. As to myself, who first advanced your plots, and made the troops swear fealty to Nero, my zealous efforts caused me no repentance. A son succeeded to his father, madam, for, in adopting Nero, Claudius chose to give his son and yours an equal footing. Rome's choice has been for Nero, so she took Tiberius, adopted by Augustus, nor wronged the young Agrippa, his own grandson, who claimed in vain to wield the imperial scepter. His power, established upon such foundations, cannot be weakened by yourself to-day, and, if he heeds me still, his bounty, madam, will soon remove the wish to injure him. I have begun the work, and will complete it. Scene four, Agrippina, Albina. In what a sea of passion grief has plunged you, and can it be that Caesar knows not of it? Ah, should he venture in my sight himself? Madam, in heaven's name, conceal this choler. Let not your zeal for sister or for brother destroy your peace forever. Must you check the emperor even in his love affairs? Ah, see you not how they would humble me, Albina? Tis to me they give a rival. Soon, if I break not this ill-omened tie, my place is occupied, and I am nothing. Octavia has enjoyed but hitherto an empty title, by the court ignored as useless, and to me the eyes of all have looked for profit. Now another love has cast out mine. She, as his wife and mistress, will reign alone, and in the pomp of power reap the rich fruit of all my pains as meed of one kind look. Already I am forsaken. I cannot, dear Albina, bear the thought. E'en though I hasten the disastrous sentence of heaven, ungrateful Nero, lo, his rival. Scene 5. 
Britannicus, Agrippina, Narcissus, Albina. Our common foes are not invincible, and there our hearts can feel for our misfortunes. Your friends and mine, so silent hitherto, while we were losing time in vain regrets, fired with the anger which injustice kindles, have made their grievance known to good Narcissus. Not yet has Nero undisturbed possession of her whose conquest means my sister's shame. If still her wrongs can move you, he, though faithless, may be brought back to tread the path of duty. Sure, we have half the Senate on our side. Scylla and Piso, Plautus. Prince, what say you? You name the highest nobles of the state. Madam, I see my words have wounded you, and that your wrath, trembling irresolute, already fears to gain all it has wished for. Nay, my disgrace has taken root too firmly. You need not dread what any friend of mine may venture. I have lost them all. Your prudence has scattered them, or long ago seduced them. Trust your suspicions less. Our safety, sir, depends upon our mutual understanding. Rely upon my word. Despite your foes, I will be true to all that I have promised. Nero is guilty, and in vain he shuns me. Sooner or later he must hear his mother. Force and persuasion I will try by turns, or, if I fail, leading your sister with me, I'll spread abroad my dread and her alarms, and make all hearts responsive to her tears. Farewell. On all sides I will ply the attack, and you take my advice. Avoid his presence. Scene 6. Britannicus Narcissus Have you not flattered me with hopes fallacious? Or can I place reliance on your statement? You may, my prince, but this is not the place wherein this mystery must be unfolded. Let us go forth. What wait you for? I? Wait for? Alas! Explain yourself. If scheme of yours could get me sight of her again. Of whom? My weakness makes me blush. But then, more firmly, I should meet my fate. What? After all my words, you deem her true? No, I believe her false, deserving hot reproach. And yet, despite myself, less than I ought do I believe it. My stubborn heart condones her fickleness, finds reason for excuse, and still adores her. Would I could crush my incredulity, would I could hate her with a mind at ease, yet who'd believe a heart that seemed so noble, foe of a faithless court from infancy, could so forget its glory, and at once hatch perfidy too base for courtiers? Who knows if, in her long retreat, the wretch kept not the emperor's conquest in her eye? sure that her beauty could not be concealed perhaps she fled that she might be pursued inciting nero to the hard-earned glory of quelling pride till then invincible may i not see her then sir at this moment she listens to the voice of her new lover well let us go 
but whom do I behold? Tis she. Narcissus aside. Great gods, Caesar must hear of this. Scene 7. Britannicus, Jr. Fly, sir, nor face a wrath that burns against you, inflamed by my determined resolution. Nero is angered. I have just escaped, while Agrippina labours to detain him. Farewell. Wrong not, my love, but look to see the happy day when I shall be absolved from blame. Your image in my soul shall dwell for I, and naught shall banish it. I know your purpose, madam. You would have me fly to leave you free to indulge your new desire. While I am here, no doubt, a secret shame somewhat disturbs the relish of enjoyment. Yes, I must go. Impute not, sir, to me. You might have held the field a little longer. I murmur not that your affections fickle, and that you join the side which fortune favors, that you are dazzled with imperial splendor, and, at my sister's cost, would fain enjoy it. But rather that, beguiled like others now, you should have seemed untouched by its deceits so long. Despair has seized me, I confess it. This was the only ill I never thought to cope with. On my ruin I have seen injustice flourish, heaven itself accomplice of my oppressors, but such horrors have not drained its full cup of wrath. There yet remained to be by you forgotten. Happier moments might urge my just impatience to resent distrust. But Nero threatens, danger presses, and I have other thoughts than to distress you. Go, reassure your heart, and cease complaints. Nero, who heard our words, bade me dissemble. Ah, cruel! Witness of our interview, with eyes severe he scanned my countenance, ready to make his vengeance burst on you, if but a gesture should betray our secret. Nero was listening? Yet your eyes, the while, might have looked cold without deceiving me. They might have told me who imposed their rigor. Love is not dumb. The language of the heart is varied. One glance might have saved me woe intense. There needed... There was need of silence to save you. How often was my heart about to tell you its perplexity? How many rising sighs did I suppress? Afraid to meet the eyes I yearned to look on. Silence is torture when a loved one grieves, when to his groans we must ourselves contribute, knowing we might console him by a look. Yet would such look have caused more bitter tears? At that remembrance, anxious and disturbed, I felt my feigning lacked reality. I feared the pallor of my quivering cheek, my eye too plainly full of my distress. I feared each instant Nero in his wrath was coming to abrade my want of rigor, for vain seemed all my efforts to keep down the love I almost wished I ne'er had known. Alas for his own peace of mind and ours! Too clearly has he read your heart and mine. Once more, go hence, and hide you from his sight. 
at fitter season all shall be explained a thousand other secrets be discovered too much already more than i can bear how guilty i have been and you how kind and know you all that you forsake for me throwing himself at junia's feet when may i at your feet blot out the offence what are you doing look your rifle comes scene eight nero britannicus junia prince do not interrupt such charming transports madam his thanks show you you are wondrous kind i have surprised him at your knees to me some gratitude is surely due as well he finds this place convenient where i keep you in readiness for interviews so sweet i can my joy or sorrow lay before her where'er her kindness grants me audience nor has this place where you think fit to keep her aught that can overawe britannicus what see you nothing that can warn a subject to hold my power respected and obey me this palace saw us not brought up together me to obey you you to taunt my weakness the fortune of our birth ne'er made it likely that i should own a master in domitius our wishes have been crossed by destiny once i obeyed and now your turn has come if yet you have not learned so hard a lesson that shows you are still a boy and must be taught it and who will teach me rome and all her empire does rome among your high prerogatives count cruelty and violent injustice unfair imprisonment rape and divorce rome prize not with too curious regard into the secrets that i choose to hide copy her prudence what she thinks we know at least she holds her tongue do you the same thus then has nero ceased to curb his passions nero has ceased to care to hear you longer all hearts should bless his reign for happiness happier wretched tis enough they fear me i know not junia or such sentiments would scarce be likely to win praise from her if i am little skilled at how best to please her i can at least punish a saucy rival whatever dangers threaten to o'erwhelm me i fear to lose her love and that alone twere better wished for i can say no more my sole ambition is to enjoy her favor and she has pledged that favor yours forever at least i have not learned to play the spy upon her words but let her praise or blame me unwatched nor hide myself to shut her mouth i see oh god's there what then will you do pardon the jealous love of one so near akin a thousand miseries he suffers can his rare happiness excite your envy suffer me sire to knit your hearts together and hide me from the eyes of both of you my absence then will heal your fatal discords and i will join the ranks of vesta's virgins let not my vows be longer ground of strife between you let them trouble heaven alone this project is as strange as it is sudden let it be taken guards to her apartments and with his sister keep britannicus tis thus that nero woos a woman's heart do not provoke him prince bend to this storm guards do my bidding and delay no longer scene nine 
Nero Burris. Ye gods, what do I see? Nero without seeing Burris. Thus fiercer glow their fires. I know what hand arranged their meeting. Twas but for this that Agrippina sought me, and all her long protracted lecture tended only to further this vile scheme of hers. Perceiving Burris. Acquaint me if my mother still is here. I would retain her, Burris, in the palace, and let my bodyguard relieve her own. Your mother, sire? Will you not hear her? Stop! I know not, Burris, what you may be plotting, but all my wishes have for some days past found you a censor ready to oppose them. Answer for her, or else if you refuse, others shall answer both for her and Burris. End of Act 3